Hi, welcome to Whole Brain Teaching, the podcast. We are so grateful that you are here with us today. And my name is Laura Forehand. I am a Whole Brain Teaching staff member. I have been teaching second grade for about four years, but teaching for close to 14. I am just so grateful to be here today with my great friend, Rhonda. Hello, everyone. I'm Rhonda Arlt. I'm a second grade teacher in Kansas. Um, I'm starting my 30th year of teaching. I wish I'd had whole brain teaching this whole time, but unfortunately I did not. But um, we are so excited today to have our um, executive board member, Andrea Schindler, back with us. Andrea was on episode six when she just discussed, excuse me, micro-stepping the attention getter. We're so glad to have you back, Andrea. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, I'm Andrea Schindler, excited to be back here with you ladies today and so happy that you have taken on this project and um, really happy to be able to, to talk with you guys today more, more about micro-stepping. Um, I am Andrea Schindler, this is my 19th year of whole brain teaching, 19th year of teaching. I was blessed to meet Coach B my first year of teaching and um, yeah, I, I am. It's one of the best things that I have ever been a part of. And I'm so thankful it's been a part of my career and my academic journey so far. So thanks for having me here today. Absolutely. Um, today, we wanted to talk about step two, which is our brain engager and how we can break that down even further into those micro steps. And we know that you have a video out there on the Whole Brain Teaching website, but we're just excited to kind of talk to you more about how we can break those steps down. Um, mere words, before we break that down, can you talk a little bit more about that step two, just in general, the whole brain engager, mirror words aspect of the teaching cycle? Sure. Okay. So um, our step two, as you said, is um, the brain engager. And it's the way that we get our students to be engaged with us during the lesson. So step one, of course, is that attention getter. We want to grab their attention. And then as quickly as we can, we want to get them engaged in the lesson because we know that once we've got their attention, we've only got a couple seconds to keep that attention and to get them involved. And so that step two brain engager is um, actually all of the variations of our mirrors, but we start out with our mirror words. We um, also have the silent mirror and the magic mirror as well. But the very first mirror that we introduce to our students is the mirror words, which is where they um, mirror our gestures. They make the same gestures we do and they say the words that we're saying in small chunks. I'll have to say it's probably one of my one aspect of whole brain teacher that I love the most is the brain engager and getting them involved in that. Um, so when we talk about brain engager, what does micro stepping that step look like? Can you break it down? Sure. So um, with our brain engager, the, the biggest steps to break it down into is to separate between the mirror and then the mirror words. So I teach the kids that um, when we do mirror words, you're going to mirror my gestures and then say my words. But at first, all we practice is the speed of them pulling out their mirror. And so we will practice either um, turtle slow or wolf fast. I say mirror, they say mirror, and they put their mirrors up. And I, I know that probably seems... Um, 
like a minute thing to practice, but the speed with which they get out that mirror and get ready to mirror your gestures really is important um, because you want everybody engaged and mirroring right along with you. So when we first roll out with this, we just micro step practice, simply me saying mirror, them saying mirror and seeing how fast they can pull out that mirror. And like I said, we're gonna practice that, um, doing it turtle slow and wolf fast. That also bumps up the funtricity with them. They love to practice saying mirror and doing mirror super duper slow. And then now let's try it really wolfy fast. Now turtle slow, wolfy fast, and I ping pong them back and forth. Um, but you, you want to be surprising. You want to be random. So you might go turtle, wolf, turtle, wolf, turtle, wolf, and then wolf, throw in an extra wolf because they're expecting a turtle and vice mm -hmm. versa. So you're going to want to throw them off and, and do that randomly. Once they have that mirror down, before I jump into the words, I do a, a mirror check to see that everybody's mirrors are right with me. As I'm mirroring, they're mirroring the gestures with me. So we start out just by seeing how fast we can get out those mirrors. And then they do those gestures with me um, with the mirror check. And then I say words and they say the words that I say back to me. And I found that breaking it down into those smaller steps makes that um, procedure that much better and that much quicker and that much more refined. We can finally put it all together once they have it down. But the micro step practice really, really seems to help us to be sharper, quicker, faster at it. And it also gets more of the students engaged quickly. Because as we all know, um, when you're first rolling out with these strategies, students can be reluctant and hesitant. And so the more we can break it down, the more students we're going to be able to get engaged and involved in the practice and the better off it's going to be in the long run because you're going to get more engagement and more impact from more students as opposed to when I would just roll out with this strategy and not break it down into steps um, it was more difficult to get more students on board. I find I get more students having fun and doing it with me when we break it down and we make it um, more of like a game if that makes sense. So it doesn't matter the grade level then. If you're kinder or if you're a sixth grade teacher, you think the micro-stepping helps all grade levels, correct? I believe so. Um, I did not discover micro-stepping. It, it was a process I found when I went from third grade to kinder. Um, that was a big transition. Uh, one of the audiences that was always very reluctant when they would come observe my class was uh, my third grade class was kindergarten teachers. They said there was no possible way kindergartners could ever do what we were doing. And I had a principal that asked me if I would be willing to go down to kindergarten and felt the way I felt that kindergartners can do it. And I, I was bound and determined when I stepped foot in that kindergarten class, these kiddos they were going to be able to do it. I knew they could. Um, but those kinders had a thing or two to teach me. And one thing I learned about kinder is that you've got to go slow to go fast. And that was where I learned about the micro-stepping. Um, it evolved because I realized what I was asking them to do, it 
didn't seem like more than one step in my mind until I realized that each of these strategies actually involves them doing more than one thing. And when I started fine tuning those little small micro steps of each of the, the, the whole brain teaching strategies, they flourished and they did so well. Um, and since then I have moved back or I have moved up to second grade. And I found at the beginning of the school year, especially, or during times, you know, I don't know if you ladies experience this, we'll be doing really well and strategies and our flow in and our, you know, everything is going great. And then I don't know what happens, but you'll have a day where you, where you, where, what happened to everybody and a little yeah. micro step practice really goes a long way. And I found that at the beginning of the school year, it helped me to get that, um, fuller engagement that I wanted right away. I didn't have to wait so long for those fence sitters because the micro step practice made them jump in and become a part of it. So that was really exciting because, you know, those first week or two of, of teaching, when you're rolling out your strategy, sometimes though that can just feel like, oh my goodness, we've been working on this forever. But I've noticed that they, there's quicker buy-in when I do the micro step practice. And I find that the, they're just sharper and better and faster at it. There's more involvement. And so I do believe that that micro step practice is vital for any grade level because, um, you know, one of my favorite sayings is whatever you um, accept is what you're going to get. And it can always be faster. It can always be sharper. It can always be more students all at once. And so I feel like that micro step practice has really helped out all grade levels. Um, and certainly since I've been back in second grade, I've used it in second grade as well. But I think it's something now that I see the value in doing it and see what the outcome is. It, the, the routines are just so much crisper and better. I would do it no matter what grade level I taught. So would you like encourage people to just take the time that they need to do that micro step? So like I'm thinking in kindergarten, you know, it might take that micro stepping each step might take a little bit longer, but, you know, maybe not so long in second grade, but giving yourself that time, giving yourself that permission to take whatever time you need for as long as you need to get those sharp, crisp expectations like you're talking about. Yeah, I, yes, I completely agree. Um, kindergartner, kindergarten is its own little special world. And I would certainly say that about pre-K and TK. And so we do have to dial it back and it does take us, you know, much longer. I um, remember, you know, the first month of school was, is, you know, it's a lot of work. And, um, you know, I, that's a time of year that, is you have to, it takes a lot of patience. The, the beauty of, as you go up in the grade levels, it does go much quicker. So, you know, second grade, I felt like we could get that down maybe the first week or two. Um, but I would say that when you put that time 
into it and that effort into it, it pays off Mm -hmm. because in the long run, if I'm pushing them and rushing them, the product I get is going to be super sloppy and lackadaisical and they're not going to be fully into it. But when I allow myself that time and I plan for that time and I purposely and intentionally take that time, I'm always so much happier and in with the result. And like I said, it's something that when needed, I can go back to at any point in the year or any point in the day, if it's just a lull in the day and a quick, you know, 30 second micro step practice with turtle versus wolf. Um, it, it completely resets our day and it's fast and it's efficient. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I would never, I would never not use the strategy, but I would also always give myself that permission. Like you say, no matter what grade level I'm at, I might be able to move a little bit more quickly, but I'm not going to push to rush it because I've seen what the payoff is and it's totally worth it. Right. So last time we had you on, we, um, you had shared with us that you were teaching virtually right now, excuse me. And so what does this micro stepping, um, the brain engager look like in the virtual classroom? Um, so (laughs) here's what I've realized about the virtual world. Um, so that phrase about kindergarten that you've got to go slow to go fast, it seems to apply by what I've observed and what I've experienced that that is also the life in virtual learning, that we have to go slow to go fast. The routines are taking a lot more practice and a lot more patience. And so I'm using that micro step practice during our virtual um, learning. And we are breaking down those strategies into those smaller steps so that the kids can be more um, just more efficient at them. Um, it is much more difficult because the, you know you have quite a few things that are um, kind of working against you. Um, one of those things that you can't control is their home environment. Right. And you, there is nothing you can do to control what's going on in the home, whether it's people around them being distracting or if they're in a room with a TV set or you know um, they're getting fed all throughout their learning day. I mean, whatever it is, those are things that we really have no control over. And so um, that that is something that has really hindered the process. Um, you know, the second thing that makes it difficult is the amount of students that you have, but you typically all have a student unmuted and the rest of the class is using their muted voices. And so discovering those kiddos that are gonna be your strong leaders, but also sometimes your strong leaders have a bad microphone on their computer or a lot of noise in the background. And so it's not as seamless. It's a little bit um, restrictive in that sense because I'll have a great leader and I'll ask them to unmute and they've got someone screaming in the background. So now I've got to pull from a different leader. And so it's, it is a little bit more difficult and arduous in the process. Um, but however, that's what makes it that much more necessary is doing that micro step practice so that you can get everybody who has their cameras on involved, because that's another thing is you can't control who turns off 
their, um, their cameras. And we're, we're required not to push on that because um, our board feels like some kids are not um, comfortable with the backgrounds that they have. And um, so they've given them that permission and asked us not to push. So using this micro step practice has been absolutely, absolutely, absolutely vital during this time because it really has broken down each of these procedures in such a way that even virtually my students can be successful. And again, um, going back to that one unmuted voice, that it, it is surprising how different that makes this world. Um, we're used to in the classroom, if a kiddo might be unsure of what exactly it is that we're doing, they'll hear mm -hmm. the others around them. Mm -hmm. They're not Good. hearing anyone else around them. And so that leader is kind of on their own. And so really coaching those leaders, coaching a few kids at a time who are really sharp on it, um, seem to be engaged has really helped out because those are the people that then can help the others understand what it is they should be doing. And so really I've been focusing on building up that leadership circle with students that I can have unmute and then coaching others who are my more reluctant students. But you have to have a strong foundation with those um, leaders first. And it's really getting to know your kids and figuring out which ones those students are. So, right. Yeah. And, moving and transitioning then maybe someday back into the classroom, you know, that's really going to help just that you've micro stepped it virtually. That's going to, you know, lead into that success back in the classroom, or even they'll know those micro stepping steps. And so if you have to take a step back, once you get into the classroom, making that transition, I mean, I can see it working, just, you know, making it more of a, an easier transition, I guess, once you're able to get back into the classroom. I agree. And, and I think it's important that you say that because I feel like for those of us who are virtual and then it, at um, some point, if we are to return in person, um, not to set up that expectation or that belief that when we go back to school that they're gonna have this down. Mm -hmm. It is going to be starting the year over. Um, they will be exposed, but it is definitely going, I am already with that expectation of realizing that we are going to be doing, you know, some whole brain teaching boot camp, if you would call it, and really re going over those um, management strategies with them and definitely the micro step practice. But see, because they are so trained with it and because it follows a pattern, it's consistent, it's clear. It's an easy way to reset them. It's the same thing each time. It doesn't change. It doesn't vary. And I think that that is one of the beautiful things about whole brain teaching is that it is repetitive and it does follow a pattern so that students can feel um, confident and comfortable and willing to take those risks because that part doesn't change. Now, what you're delivering in your instruction may change, but the pattern in which you deliver it doesn't change. The expectations doesn't change. And so um, I think that that is going to be a great crossover because it's going to be something they're comfortable and familiar with. But I know for sure that we will be uh, practicing and it's almost going to be like a restart of the school year 
all over again. And, you know, as long as I go in knowing that I feel like, um, I feel like I can breathe and be okay with it. I think where, at least for me personally, where I falter is if I don't, if I go in with unrealistic expectations and, Mm -hmm. and I am certainly not saying that we lower the bar at all. That's never the case, but it's being realistic, realistic and knowing, Hey, when we go back, this is what I should be able to, this is, this is what I should expect. And I've got to give them the space and grace. And I've got to give myself the space and grace. And I feel like, um, the only time that may fall apart is when, I'm in a hurry and wanting it, a, a product to be hurried and fast. And so, um, yeah, anyway. Well, and I so feel I- like even though we're face to face, we could have to go virtual. And I feel like even then I'm going to have to micro step for virtual. So mm-hmm. I'm so glad that you came on today to discuss this. And we're so thankful that you took the time out of your day to be on our podcast and share this micro-stepping knowledge with us. Um, If people want to find out more, where's, what are some things that you are doing to learn more about whole brain teaching? Um, Definitely to check out um, the whole brain teaching website is the first place everybody should go to www.wholebrainteaching.com because it has everything that you need to know about whole brain teaching broken down very clearly um, in clear steps. There is videos that are on that website that, um, that anyone could reference and take a look at. It's also got all of coaches, fantastic graphics that make it really easy to understand and follow along with, as well as links to eBooks and e-resources um, that are all free. And so that really, I believe, helps. Um, Another place would also be to check out the Whole Brain Teaching YouTube channel because there's tons and tons of videos there and video libraries and um, of of everything Whole Brain Teaching. And then you can see it in action in people's classrooms instead of seeing, you know, reading about it and hearing about it in theory. And then absolutely checking out the Facebook groups. Um, Mm -hmm. If you want a community where you can ask questions and get support and answers right away, the whole brain teaching Facebook groups. There's um, Facebook groups for every grade level, um, for Peregrine Island, Super Improvers, WBT Virtual. Um, and it is that that particular community is such a supportive community. Really look out for each other and has been so helpful pointing people towards answers and resources if questions come up. So that would definitely be my recommendations. And are you still doing the periscopes? I am trying to do them on Tuesdays and I am on Periscope. So if you go to Periscope, um, you'll find a whole host of a library of my Periscopes that I have done up to this point. There's quite a few of them archived there. And that's at WBT Little Rocket. Um, I had wanted to go back to a regular day. I used to be Tuesdays Mm -hmm. and I find that we just keep getting inundated with assessments and meetings. And so um, I try my best to try to do it once a week, but most of the time it's maybe every two weeks. And so I did roll out the beginning of the school year though, where I was meeting every day. And so there's a video from my day one all the way, you know, through my first at least 
week, week and a half of school. And then I went to um, weekly after that. And so those videos are available there at Periscope. Yes. And they're so good. And we're just, we're thankful that you give up your time like that to get on Periscope and, and do all the things that you do on the Facebook groups to help encourage teachers, whether they're virtual or face-to-face, or like Rhonda said, they're virtual now and going face-to-face or vice versa. So I think this is kind of a crazy year for teachers and, and students alike. And so to have that is invaluable for sure. But we are so thankful that you joined us today and we are thankful for our listeners for joining us today too. And um, I know we're looking forward to having you on for at least one more um, podcast to help with micro-stepping our step four, so which is, uh, which is our Teach Okay. So I'm super excited about that too. So, but we wanna thank you, Andrea, for, for joining us and taking time out of your busy day to, um, to just help so many teachers. Well, thank you guys for having me here. I, I love um, being a part of this community and contributing to this community because this community has given so much to me. Mm-hmm. And what I love is that it's, um, it's just teachers for teachers and there's no, um, there's no other motive except for to help each other and to grow together and to realize you know, that we're all in this together truly and that we're learning as we go, um, especially right now. I think that was one of the things I, I do not know after my first day, what pushed me to go, I'm doing a periscope because let me tell you your first day and not having those kids and having setting up the school year virtually is something else. And I thought, okay, if anyone could get anything out of my mishaps, my mistakes, what worked, what didn't work, you know, the flops and the successes, then I'm going to throw it out there. And it's not always going to be cute and it's not always going to be pretty. And it could be just kind of a mess, but we learn from that mess. And I think that's one of the things that um, is important to me because I think sometimes Um, certainly when we make the videos, we want to show people what this should look like. We're not going to show a complete um, mess because you're going to want to see what it looks like once you've got those classroom management and procedures Mm -hmm. down. But it's also good to hear from teachers and no, no, it took a while to get there. And this is how we get there. And this is what you need to do to get to that point Mm -hmm. um, so that people feel human because I know, uh, um, otherwise you start to think, am I even, should I even be doing this? And the truth is yes, that everybody um, who is hearing this, everybody who I've encountered in the whole brain teaching um, conferences, virtual, in-person, um, I know that their life has a calling for teaching because they wouldn't be a part of this group if that wasn't the case. Um, I know people who are hungering and thirsting for better ways of motivating students, engaging students, reaching our students, um, reaching our beloved rascals. If that's something that you're passionate about, then your heart is in teaching and you've been called to it. And so just reassuring people who have sometimes been beaten down by administrators, um, by, you know, sometimes just mostly usually administrators, but it can be, you know, maybe if they've had bad 
you know, experiences with parents or just not knowing because our kids are changing and situations and circumstances are changing. And so reaching the unreachable can be difficult. And sometimes we put that, you know, all on us and think, well, maybe I wasn't cut out for this, but what I do know is the teachers that seek and find um, whole brain teaching that there's something different and they've got, you know, if you're willing to try this, <laughs> if you're willing to implement whole brain in your class, first of all, it's the best ever. Yeah. And I can't imagine teaching any other way, but it does take someone who is willing to go way outside of the box to, um, you know, not be worried about what other people might think or, or even, you know, have such a, a wall of, oh, I could never do that in front of kids because it's not about us. It's about reaching our students and people who are willing to do that. Then we know that you definitely have a calling for teaching. And so I'm thankful just to be a part of this and to be able to give back because it's given so much to me. So I appreciate you ladies a lot. And thanks for having me here. Well, we appreciate Thank you. you. Thanks for saying all that, Andrea. You are definitely an inspiration to us while bringing teaching teachers, and we thank you for that. So we'd like for you to consider um, sharing this podcast with your friends, whether they're new to whole brain teaching or they are a veteran whole brain teacher. Um, and Andrea, we thank you again for taking time and joining us today on our podcast. Thanks, yes. ladies. Bye, thank everybody. Bye.